Welcome to Everything Nonprofit, a podcast where we reveal the secrets, tips, and tricks for leading a nonprofit. My name is Carmen. And I'm Kayla. As nonprofit founders, we know firsthand how challenging and overwhelming it can be to build a nonprofit from the ground up. This is a podcast for nonprofit executives by nonprofit executives. If you need advice on starting your own nonprofit organization, or looking to expand your knowledge of nonprofit operations, stay tuned. As our listeners know, we're doing things a little differently this season. We want to give you a sneak peek behind the curtains, a view into the sausage making process, a glimpse into the method behind the madness. Our listeners are going to join us on our nonprofit journey from inception to, well, wherever it may end up. As both of your hosts are project managers by nature, we thought we could structure this in a lessons learned format. Carmen, would you let our listeners know what we mean by lessons learned and why it's a project management best practice? 100% Kayla. According to the Project Management Institute, lessons learned are the documented information that reflects both the positive and negative experiences of a project. These lessons learned are normally gathered via a message or form. It's important that organizations discuss and capture lessons learned so future projects can benefit from the organization's past victories and mistakes. It ensures that organization doesn't repeat mistakes and capitalizes successes. Exactly. And Carmen and I are going to document our lessons learned through this podcast so that both we and our listeners can learn from our experiences, both the good and the not so great. I don't know about you, Carmen, but in my day-to-day job, I usually run my lessons learned meeting by asking three simple questions. What went well? What could have gone better? And what do we want to do differently next time? What about you? I would say that's also my approach to dive into the wins, the failures, and improvements. But I'll also add on top of it another layer of why something was working versus not. Was a decision made based on rational reasoning, or was it just out of the blue, a random selection? Was it from layers of appealing to get us to a certain conclusion, or was it merely based on intuition? I think these questions can help us determine how we made certain decisions. And if it didn't quite work out that very first time, we can then analyze the situation and thus come up with a standardized approach to not make the same mistakes again. So let's start from the very beginning. The very first thing we worked on was coming up with our own mission and vision statements. It was quite a daunting process Kayla, do you remember how the whole process went about? Yeah, you know, it was a little daunting just because it's the first thing that we did, right? It was from the very, like when we hit the ground running, let's write a vision and mission statement. And I do want to talk about why we decided to write our own. I think as a lot of our listeners know, we have a a fiscal sponsor. We're just a branch of um, our parent organization, called um, Project Management Volunteers. And we wrote our own vision and mission statements. And I think it's important to talk about why we decided to do that. But yeah, so my recollection of what we did is, it's funny because we actually have it written down. We can go back and look at what our drafting process looked like. And what I saw is in, in line with what I remembered, which is 
writing down bullet points of words first, just that that resonated with us, you know, project management, obviously, skillful, um, impactful, things like that, that just really hit home for us. And I think that was a good way to go. Because for me, I think it was just a very easy way for you and I to get on the same page. When you have two different people trying to achieve the same thing, you can often get lost in communication, but with just a bullet point of a very simple list of words, it was really easy to say to each other, like, yes, I agree with that, or no, that doesn't resonate with me. Can we strike that? So I remember doing that. And then I also remember looking at the vision and mission statements for other really successful organizations. So I remember looking at oh, Habitat for Humanity was one. We looked at Teach for America. We looked at success. So we looked at a few and just kind of picked up the vibe of what they were trying to achieve as they were going through that. And then you know, I remember it took us a couple of weeks of going back and forth. We both took you know, what we learned from looking at other people's vision and mission statements. And then we looked at the bullet list of words that we had. And I think we both drafted something and then brought it to each other and just kind of cut and pasted from what we had both come up with to sort of put together this, what I think is a really well-worded, almost like Frankenstein of what we thought, what was living in both of our brains. So if we're going with the, the project management lessons learned approach here, the first question is what went well? And like I said, the bullet point list, I mean, I think it was just super easy to get crystal clear about what we were trying to achieve and whether or not you and I were on the same page. And then you know, I, I really think it was a good idea to look at the vision and mission statements of other really successful organizations just to, to see, you know, how are they communicating to the people they're trying to reach? How are they getting their statements out there in a very succinct, eloquent way? So I think those were both two really good things. What do you think about you know what went well or what would you do differently? <laughs> Thanks for reminding me, Kayla, taking me back down memory lane. I really liked how we worked individually before coming together as a team to finalize the statements. Even though there was only the two of us I can still see myself being swayed by others' opinions. So coming up with ideas that were important to us first was an excellent initial step. I also liked how we included the two pillars that essentially told the story of our organization, project managers and nonprofits in Seattle. We had keywords related to the audience we were surfing, like impactful, skillful, and projects. I remember it being a long process us coming up with our own versions, then coming together, complimented and criticized what we liked and not liked and why. This included sentence structures and the big picture that the statements can speak to, ensuring that our five and 10 year plans were embedded. And only after several iterations, that's when we were both satisfied to finalize our mission and vision. Looking back, I would say if there's another approach that we could have taken, it would be us soliciting advice before starting that very first draft. I think talking to other startup founders in the space and understanding how they went about and coming up with theirs 
would have helped us cut down our time in Googling and gathering that information. Just asking for feedback from others who are also in the nonprofit space. What about you, Kayla? If we could have taken a different approach for coming up with a vision and mission statements, what would they be? No, I think that's a great idea. I, that didn't even occur to me to ask other people for input. It just seems so silly now. But again, looking back, like this was 2021, right? This was the summer of 2021. We were still pretty tightly under lockdown, right? And then not only that, but you and I, we were in different countries. So we were doing a lot of things asynchronously. And it's almost funny to look back and, and think about that about how, yeah, we did things separately and then tried to bring them together. I think that definitely added to some of the complexity. Like we didn't have the luxury of sitting in a room together. We're both full-time employees trying to make it work in a, a, a more technological world than what we were used to. But I really like your thoughts about soliciting feedback from people in the space. That would have been a really good thing to do. I think I would have been a little scared to do that because I was, I mean, still a newbie, but even then I was more of a newbie, right? There was nothing behind my name to reach out to someone and be like, hey, what do you think about this vision and vision statement? But I'm sure people would have gladly helped us out. But I mean, yeah, I agree with that. I, I don't think I would have done anything else differently. Like I actually really like the way that our vision and mission statements turned out. So if you're ready, I can go ahead and, and tell the audience what those are. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so here's our mission statement. Puget Sound Project Management Volunteers helps impactful non-for-profit organizations achieve their objectives by connecting them with skillful project managers who can aid them in crystallizing their vision, leading project teams, and deconstructing their goals into achievable milestones. That sounds pretty good. And I remember going back and forth a little bit on those three things. Like, what are the three things that we want to highlight that we do? Because we wanted to be really succinct about that. Okay, and our vision statement. So here's your vision statement. We are committed to advancing the reputation of professional project management in the expanding nonprofit sector and providing opportunities for project managers to advance their skills, build their resumes, test different career options, and connect with new communities, all while volunteering their time and skills to the benefit of nonprofit organizations in their community. So it was really important for us to come up with what we thought as co-founders to be really clear, concise, and inspirational guiding principles as they provide the foundation for our work, communications, culture, and organization. And I find myself going back to them again and again as we do marketing communications, as we set up a website, as we set up events for people. And it's just a really good way to bring both of us back to what are we trying to achieve? Yes, I totally agree on that. I feel that we really try to put ourselves in the lens of our audience. Let's say if I were a volunteer project manager, what do I want to be getting out of from the experience? And ensuring those sentiments and goals were captured. And if I were a nonprofit working with PSPMV, what kind of partnership would make sense? So including those ideas in our mission and vision was super critical to us. 
Yeah, exactly. We're serving two communities here, right? It's not just nonprofits and it's not just project managers. It's both of them. We need to provide some sort of incentive to both of them. And we thought a good way to do it was to to kind of ramp up that mentoring and the community aspect while providing, you know, pre-vetted project managers to NPOs. And you talked about something else that is a project management best practice. And I know we're not necessarily here to talk about project management, but I do want to hit it because I think it's important. I think it's more of a scrum principle, which is the idea of personas, right? User personas where you write down, this is the kind of person we're targeting, or this is the kind of person we're serving, or the kind of person who's going to use our tools. And you get very detailed about what does this person look like? And what is their profile like? And we didn't do that extremely detailed, but we did sit there and say, when I was a project manager, like just starting out as a project manager, what did I want? What did I need? I remember I was a volunteer at the local chapter of PMI, Project Management Institute at the time, and telling you about, you know, this is why I volunteered. So let's take my reason. And you were also a volunteer for PMI. Let's take your reasons and make sure we work that into what we're doing so we can be empathetic to the people that we're trying to serve. 100% Kayla. And I really liked what you said earlier about the mission and vision being the guiding principles. I think at the time of us coming up with these statements, it wasn't in our purview that they were super meaningful. But as we're doing the work now and having those realistic goals, they are like our guardrails to keep us in check. They allow us to see the future and also give us the motivation to continue putting in the effort to benefit our community. Yeah, that's a really good point. That kind of speaks about, I I don't think we knew it at the time. Like, I don't think we knew we'd come back to these again and again as our, our guiding principles to make sure that we're, you know, sticking with the message that we initially intended. But I wonder if we kind of just knew that that was a reason we wanted to, like we intuited that that was a reason we wanted to write our own mission and vision statements, even though our parent organization does have them. Like we thought it was important to write them ourselves because I think they resonate with us specifically more, even though they're going to, they're very similar, right? But they, they resonate with the two of us a little bit more. And I think it's easier to come back to them again and again and again, when we put our own, you know, sweat, blood and tears into it. podcast is proudly brought to you by Puget Sound Project Management Volunteers. Puget Sound Project Management Volunteers helps impactful non-for-profit organizations achieve their objectives by connecting them with skillful project managers who can aid them in crystallizing their visions, leading project teams, and deconstructing their goals into achievable milestones. This service is absolutely free and can help your nonprofit organization get the extra help it needs so you can spend more time making a difference in the world and less time on administration. Fill out the form in our show notes to request the assistance of a thoroughly vetted project manager, 100% free of charge. No gimmicks, no catches, just one nonprofit helping another. talked a lot about our mission and vision statements and what that process looked like. And I hope our listeners got a little bit of insight from that. 
Um, but we want to shift our focus to another document that we're proud of drafting and that we continue to work on. It's a living document. Um, but when we started, it was a six page long business plan. I do remember our parent organization saying that it was ambitious <laughs> at the time, which is funny looking back on it. I understand why. So Carmen, you want to give us a little spiel about the process that went into that? Yeah, but before I dive into the spiel, I just want to say we were ambitious because of how excited we were to be using project management as a force of good. And thinking back now, we actually created the business plan simultaneously with the mission and vision statements. So while we were doing our homework on the future goals of the organization, we were also diving into the nitty-gritty to execute on them. We essentially divided our business plan into six different sections, and they included the background and rationale, the roles and responsibilities, rough timeline, foreseeable risks, assumptions, and success factors. And how we came up with these topics were based on our past experience as project managers like what we think about when running a project end-to-end -end, and what would make sense to our stakeholders when presenting the update to them. But in this case, we were our own stakeholders. So now that I have walked through the big picture, I want to dive into each section to just give a little bit more context and details about them. So in our background and rationale, we outlined the purpose and reasoning behind starting the Future Sound Project Management Volunteers. I think we have captured the essence of this section quite well to really expand on our mission and vision. The next section was on roles and responsibilities. Here we jotted down the division of our work in the organization and what that entailed. It was really high level since we were still trying to figure out each other's strengths and weaknesses and where our interests lie to determine who to be responsible for what. And then moving on was our timeline. We included milestones, duration of each task, start and end dates, and the person responsible for each of the tasks. Here, it is really where we set some ambitious goals to try to accomplish tasks under tight timelines. Looking back on it now, I think we had something about like, you know, getting $1,000 in funding by the end of 2021 or something like that. It was just, it's very silly now that I look back on it. But man, we were really gung-ho. Um, I do want to like take a pause real quick because I think maybe, again, I'm thinking back to when I was first becoming a project manager and there's a lot of lingo. And two things I want to define for our audience, our stakeholder and milestone because I even remember learning about project management and I was like what are, what is a stakeholder like I don't understand this so just to clarify for everybody like a stakeholder is anybody that can affect or can be affected by your project anybody so that could be a really really expansive list of people a milestone and Carmen feel free to add to this this is normally like a big event that happens in the project. It's not necessarily the end of the event, but it's something that is is definitely notable and is a big achievement, right? Yeah. Kayla, first of all, I want to thank you for bringing up this discussion. Sometimes I feel like I have been in the project management world for so long that I don't remember that these can sound foreign to some people. So 
really appreciate you for catching them and explaining those terminologies. Stakeholders, at least in my organizations that I've worked in, are usually divided based on internal versus external. So internal stakeholders are people whose interest in a company comes through a direct relationship, like employment, ownership, or investment. While external stakeholders are those who do not directly work with the company, but are affected by the actions and outcomes of the business. And milestones, I'll think of them as checkpoints in a video game, just like how in a game you complete certain levels and unlock new features. In a project, you complete certain tasks and reach new goals. Each milestone is like a boss battle you need to conquer before moving on to the next level. And just like how a boss battle is challenging but rewarding, reaching a project milestone is a lot of work, but it's a great feeling to know you have made progress and are one step closer to the final boss, which is project completion. Yeah, for sure. Or sometimes I think I've done it where like there's an external deadline for some reason that's like built into the project. I think sometimes I call that a milestone, something you got to hit. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, thanks for letting me diverge. I just wanted to, to define that for people who may not know the project management lingo because there is a lot of it. And yeah, just diving back into a business plan. The fourth section we tackle was foreseeable risk. And the definition of foreseeable risks are potential problems or hazards that can negatively impact our objectives and outcomes. And these risks can come from a variety of different sources, such as changes in regulations, unavailability of yourself or myself, or even just the actions of competitors. We identify and assess these risks by calculating the probability of them happening. And if they were to occur, what will be the downstream impact? This was important for our planning and management as it allowed us to develop strategies and contingencies to mitigate or avoid them. For example, if we were at risk of being delayed due to a lack of resources, a risk mitigation strategy could be to secure additional resources or to adjust the project schedule. By identifying and assessing the foreseeable risks, we can then increase the likelihood of succeeding. After that, we had the assumption section. Assumptions are the conditions or factors that are considered to be true or likely to be true, but have not been confirmed or verified. They are used to make decisions and for easier planning of our organization's trajectory because there were numerous assumptions that we were basing our decisions on. We divided them into different categories, including technology, legal, funding, resources, and scalability. And the last section of the business plan was on writing out what we would consider to be success factors. Is it fundraising a certain amount of money? Is it onboarding these many nonprofits? Or is it being able to create a welcoming home for our project managers? And for this section, we split them up into successes after six months and also in a year's time. Yeah, and I think it's important to talk about like why we put risks and assumptions in there. Again, this is, you know, project management training, but we put it in a business plan, I think just to really get on the same page again about like, we wanted to know upfront that we were on the same page about what we would do 
if X, Y, and Z or X, Y, or Z came to fruition, like what was our plan? How are we going to handle that as two people who didn't really know each other very well at that time? And also I think, you know, on assumptions, I think it was a really good idea just to sit down and sort of think like, all right, within the realm of what we're doing, what are we assuming to be reality? I actually have a really hard time with this because I make a lot of assumptions every day that pass through my brain and I don't realize that I'm assuming things. Um, so I think it's really important just to really sit down and write you know, what, what do we think is reality and then to check that against what somebody else might think is reality. Yeah, I totally agree on that. We want to write or determine what would make sense for us, not somebody else. So Kayla, what would you say something that we have done very well to getting to that very first draft of the business plan and maybe areas that you were criticized on? What went well? You know, I think we were really thorough. I think that our project management background really helped us here because it's almost like it's almost like a project charter, right? <laughs> when you're putting together like what is this project going to look like? We were planning the project of our our nonprofit and how we were going to launch it and how we were going to run it. And I just think that was a, a really good project management best practice that helped us out a lot. I like that we defined our roles and our responsibilities. I think that gave me some direction. I was really nervous because I hadn't done anything similar to this in the past. I know you had some experience and I just didn't really know what I was doing or what my role would be. I remember being very confused about what's a CRM? What's a client relationship manager? What do they do? What would I do if I was one? And just really defining that for both of us in this document, I think that was really, really helpful. I think what would I have done differently? You know, again, maybe to what you said earlier, run it by some people in the field or talk to people in the field. I mean, we were really, really ambitious, which I think is great. But I also think that if you have all of these big goals and you miss a lot of them, that can be really demoralizing. So I think you need to balance being ambitious while being realistic. I think I got really demoralized after a while because I was like, we had all of these things and we're just not hitting any of them. Not that we didn't hit any of them. We, we you know, we had a few of them. But we had to pivot too. Like we we've changed things substantially from the first time that we wrote this document that I'm looking at. So yeah, I think maybe tamping down that ambition just just a wee bit by talking to someone who had done this before, I think would have been helpful. What about you? What do you think? Yeah, I totally hear you, Kayla. I actually felt really down and depressed at one point too, just because we had all these goals and milestones that we wanted to attain, but we weren't really seeing that result. I think that's when we questioned ourselves, was writing out the business plan the best approach or was mindlessly following as outlined the right steps moving forward? I believe that's why we wanted to record episodes like this to recount on those experiences, mistakes, and also lessons learned to help us improve as co-founders. I will say this business plan is still very much a living document as we still go back to it from time to time and make changes. It's actually really fun to see how far we have come. The documentation process really helped us to flesh out our thoughts on paper 
And whenever I feel overwhelmed now with our day-to-day operations, it really serves the purpose of reminding me how far we have come and of these initial motivations. Yeah, I think that's really true. And I, to your point about the living document and about how we still go back and we'll update it, we'll tweak it. I think it's important to remember that, that documents like this are never truly done, especially if it's a business plan that's always going to change. And it should always change because if your circumstances change and you just stick your head in the sand and keep going the same direction, chances are you're probably going to fail. I mean, we had a pretty big business model shift, right? We were going in a direction of we're going to source the projects first and then go find project managers. And we had, you know, it was almost a year or maybe more into the project, into launching this. So we said, this isn't working. Maybe we, let's try this a different way. Let's, let's source project managers first. Let's give them a community. Let's give them mentorship and then we'll find projects for them to work on. So we think happier project managers, project managers who feel like they're part of a community and that they're getting something um, in return other than the volunteering experience, we think that maybe they'll be more involved. And you know, if we had been rigid in our, our business plan, we wouldn't have been able to make that shift, right? And I think we're at a really exciting, maybe breaking point. You know, some things are definitely in the works for us. Things are bubbling beneath the surface and I'm really excited about it. So yeah, living document, I think is, is a really important thing. Yeah. And what we have now is not perfectly set in stone. We're still testing the process. This might not work out later on, who knows? But at this moment, we are bracing ourselves being receptive and keeping an open mind. In the future, we might pivot and this might be changed into something else entirely. But at this moment, right now, we believe it is the best way to go about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally agree with that. It, it could always change again. So I really, I really like this project management approach that we're taking to, you know, walking through what we've done in the past year and really taking a good solid look at everything. What went well? What didn't go well? What do we want to do differently? Another good approach is stop, start, continue. Like that's a really simple one. If you're going to look back at what you've done, what lessons you've learned, start, stop, continue, I think is a really good one. You know, if we're going to recap what we said here, both of us said that it would have been a good idea to run some of our ideas by some other NPO founders in the area, you know, or not in the area, just anyone who might be willing to to take us under their wing and give us a little bit of, of guidance. We talked about being overambitious and maybe tamping that down a little bit, but I also want to give us some kudos because there are a lot of things that we did well. We really did write a solid mission statement and a solid vision statement that really helped guide us in our goals and where we're going. And I don't think that's a small feat. Thanks for summarizing the points we spoke about, Kayla. It's true that sometimes we don't give ourselves enough credits. So yes, kudos to us for getting some of those milestones in the book. So I think we pretty thoroughly went over the things that went well and didn't go well about these these first couple of things that we tackled. So we'd like to know from our listeners what they think about this new format that we're undertaking. You know, do they like it? Do they want to hear different things from us? Do they have a different suggestion about how we go about this? But 
What we really want is for our listeners to get a solid understanding of what it looks like to start a nonprofit and hopefully learn from both our successes and some of our failures. So we really hope you guys get some value out of this episode. So in future episodes, we're going to do a retrospective deep dive into other areas of the nonprofit that we're standing up, like our administration and our social media platform setup. We're really excited to have you guys follow along on this labyrinth as we set it up. So make sure you subscribe and tune in next month. If you don't already, please follow us on Spotify, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and review, and share this episode with your friends. Thank you for listening. Until next time.